1: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, DW, avoidment prohibited by law. C terms and conditions. 18. Plus.
0: You're listening to Stage Door Podcast, the podcast celebrating theater and creativity. From on-stage mishaps to career-defining moments.
2: Hosted by Thespians, myself, Tori, and co-host Eliza. Fortnightly, we will bring you industry professional guests, deep dives, and more. Hello everyone and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. Before we get started, I would like to acknowledge that I am on Gadigal land.
0: And I am on Turrbal land, the traditional custodians of the land on which we work, live and record. And we recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Almitra is a Sydney-based, Persian-Pakistani performing artist, writer, composer, and independent producer. She holds a Bachelor Degree in Music, Musical Theatre, from the Australian Institute of Music. Almitra's theatre credits include Fiddler on the Roof with Willoughby Theatre Company and Kinky Boots with Pacman Productions. She was also part of the feminist comedy show Tough Titties as a featured musical artist.
2: She has also composed and written music for various projects, including The Breaths In Between with 11 O'Clock Theatre and is currently developing her own musical, Alia. Almitra premiered her autobiographical show Blacklisted at the Hayes Theatre, which addresses the urgent and important issues of displacement of home, racial profiling and immigration. She is passionate about representation on stage and screen for marginalised communities and is an advocate for epilepsy. Almitra hopes that her stories will resonate with audiences and leave a lasting impact beyond the theatre. Please welcome to the mic, Almitra.
0: Hello! (laughs)
2: Wow.
0: (laughs) What a long bio. (laughs) It's a fantastic bio. (laughs) You've done so many incredible things. I mean, we actually know Almitra because we all studied together at the Australian Institute of Music. So it's so fantastic seeing your crazy success of just online stalking you and all of the amazing, <laughs> well not actual stalking, uh, <laughs> and all the amazing things you've been up to. I guess starting off today I know that we're going to chat a little bit later about how you know kind of came to Australia and that journey in itself but how did you find your way into the world of theatre? What inspired you to love musical theater and theater in general yeah um well look i um i was
3: always you know i was always a musician um I like to think i was a musician um i started writing my first set of lyrics when i was what eight um, and i look back at those oh lyrics God. now and i'm like oh no 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> But no, I started writing lyrics at eight, did my first, like wrote my first piece of music at like, I don't know, 13, 14. Um, and then I'm self-taught on the piano. So I just tinkered around till I got around somewhere. And then, you know, uh, God would do stage plays at, at school. Like, I think the first time I stepped on stage was two. Mm. I was two years old. Oh, my um,
0: goodness. And I've been doing, yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> Your parents were very, were they kind of, like, involved in that? And really, no. are they theatre people? No. <laughs> just no. me. <laughs> just
3: me doing my own thing. Um, yeah, i just step on stage and I would audition for the theatre plays every year at school and I would get, um, if not the supporting, the lead. Um Sorry, if not the lead supporting. <laughs> Other way around. <laughs> <And> <laughs> very self-centered. <laughs> um, great. Your audiences are going to love me. Um, but
0: no, I... They will.
3: <laughs> I just... Yeah, found my way through that. And then when I was much older and I took gap years, um, because of my health, um, I fell into grace. I did grace... Uh, and I played Frenchie, and that was when I kind of realized that oh, this is this is what I love doing. But I still didn't still didn't um, go into music theater because that is not a viable career in South Asia. No, thank you. <laughs> um, mm, yes, so I decided to go study something else, which is also completely unheard of. Um, I went to the U.S. and I went and studied special effects makeup, which is also Oh my gosh, that's
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: What a great skill to have though, yeah. even though you've
0: just, kind of swapped.
3: Yeah, I just um, went and studied that and then decided whilst I was there in New York, uh, I decided, oh, you know, I think, I think I need to really think of my future and special effects wasn't it. Um so I went back home and I took a gap year and I worked as an as um a special effects artist and I was quite employable because it is such a niche in Pakistan and then I took that gap year and then I came to Australia in 2017 and I did my degree That's incredible what a journey yeah. you had oh, There was lots yeah. in between that I talk about in blacklisted <laughs>
2: Oh yes <Yeah. laughs> So, because I guess, obviously, so you made the leap to move from Pakistan to Canada and then ended up in Sydney. No. So I never, <laughs> I never got to
3: Canada, which is how Blacklisted came about. Um, yes. Oh, Canada has rejected me six times. <laughs>
2: <gasps> no. Six times.
3: Six times. hmm yep wow no real reason so yeah so it is the longest running joke
2: which is i feel like surprising (laughs) because you're like canada feels like feels like such a welcoming place yes so i've heard (laughs) apparently not
3: (laughs) (laughs) but it's really funny because like my my older brother is a citizen there And it took him 13 years to get his citizenship, but he's a citizen there and I can't get in. So. Wow. Mm. That is crazy. Fun for me. It's fine. It's cold. It's miserable. No one wants to go to Canada.
2: (laughs) My sister lives in Canada. I don't want to go to Canada. (laughs) how unfortunate. (laughs) And then how did you make that decision then from, you know, you went you obviously Pakistan to New York and then back to Pakistan attempted to get to Canada and then ended up in Sydney how did that happen
3: yeah so in in my time in Pakistan after graduating high school you know I was in limbo and stuff and then I decided to go to Canada because my brother was there and I was just like cool keen you know and couldn't get in so I was just like all right cool (laughs) Um, and so went to america and then didn't really like it there so went back home and then came here through kind of process of elimination i'm not gonna lie (laughs) so i was like okay canada wouldn't take me america didn't like and then um, UK was too expensive at the time, <laughs> so I was like, "Hey parents, um, I'm going to Australia. It's fun. It has beaches. Um, I'm big, big beach baby." Um, so I landed up here. That's incredible. And there's a lot more. Obviously, you'll hear the entire journey of how I came here in Blacklisted.
0: So it's it's my journey here. Yes. Amazing. So what it follows. Well that was exactly what I was about to say ask. Can you tell any more, I guess, about kind of the premise around Blacklisted? Yeah. So in I guess that is the premise around it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Um in I think I I think after the sixth rejection for Canada, um, I guess it just <laughs> Someone was just like, "Ha ha, this is this is a cabaret waiting to happen." And I was like, "Ha ha, no." <laughs> and then in, <laughs> and then in twenty twenty, um, I was sitting on this idea, and there was so much, so much. Um, I think it was slightly after the um, Rob Guest Endowment uh, Award mm. in twenty twenty, and I was just like, "How is this? Mm. How is this still going on?" no um and so i was just kind of like oh these these are all like themes that that i'm facing in in australia and i hadn't faced them before because obviously in pakistan everyone is a person of color we don't really think about that (laughs) we're like oh cool Mm. we're all brown (laughs) um our diversity our idea of diversity is very different back home our diversity yeah. revolves more and more around class and like the systemic class.
0: Huh?
3: Yeah, that that's our okay. diversity.
0: Wow. Mm.
3: Um. So when I got here, I was, um, I guess, the root shock was was the um people of color and being placed in a box and ethnic roles all your life. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. So I started writing. I was doing a it was there was a masterclass in cabaret writing with Alexis Fishman. And I pitched the idea there and she reached out after that session to be like, "Hi, please write this show. I want to direct it." So <laughs> cool. <laughs> like okay i guess i'll write um and then i started writing in the title song blacklisted was the first song that i wrote um and it was i think at the time when i wrote it i was i was just so angry at the whole situation um and so it's a very very bluesy number and it's a very dark minor bluesy number um i love it with all of my heart and you'll hopefully come see it (laughs) And you'll realize how much depth and like weight there is in that song. Um, it takes everything I've got to sing it. <laughs> truly my entire body is yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, but I love singing that song. I really, really do. I truly do. And so I guess when I, I wrote that and I was like, great, this is, this is a solid premise of a show that I keep getting denied visas on the assumption that I hold a Pakistani passport.
0: That's Obviously, crazy. no one's
3: going to come out and say, yes, that is it. Fact. Um, but mm. we've done research. Well, we, I've done research. And I've pulled out the stats. And all the stats are very, very... That's the proof. And that's all the proof I do need. Um, so it exists. Mm-hmm. And at the heart off the show i guess it was an angsty hate letter to canada (laughs) but you know (laughs) at the end of the day (laughs) it was it became a displacement of home yeah you know and this torn feeling of you leave your home country and you feel guilty and you sort of feel betrayal um yeah. and you leave your home country and you make all these sacrifices and then you sit here in a western country and you question if those sacrifices were worth it and I guess I still don't know if they were worth it Yeah, that's the, that's the hard hitting question that I'm still grappling with with this show and I guess as the show because it is autobiographical and it is happening in the here and now it's still happening and I don't know where my future is heading. Um, the ending slightly shifts in, in intention, which is really interesting to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's such a, uh, a big thing, like, having a piece that's also about your own life. Mm. Like, it's so – when you're putting it out there to an audience, it's, it's like your heart on a, on a plate in front of them. It is. Every night, every night um, –
3: uh when I did this show last year every night it would it would be emotionally draining right because Mm. and yes I have practices that make me come out of it uh quicker and I have self-care after the show that I do uh but I have had to create a character within myself (laughs) to save myself Mm. from that yeah I guess for lack of better word trauma
2: it's it's protecting your your the self and i think also as any writer would know when you write something that's even if there's a character loosely based on yourself you have to complete you have to find a way to almost entirely separate it yourself from it and be able to go from it from like an acting point of view and you're like oh look at this character that i'm going to i get to add some of myself to rather than it being like no this is me yeah have fun yeah enjoy going home after the show yeah it's like... you don't get to leave because it's your life
3: <laughs> yeah and i it's very tricky being a method actor for this specific one um all other shows that i've done i've obviously found myself in in the character but this one i there's there's really method to it yes. <laughs> it's really method <laughs> And there's just no escaping it. Um, But I'm trying. I'm trying. And people do ask me. And people, so many people came to me after that show. And they were like, why would you do that to yourself? And why, why would you do that to yourself every night? And I'm like, because I have to remember that my story is just one of so many. And I have to remember that the story... Mm. Is important to tell um and obviously I I know I know what I'm putting myself through and at the end of the day I remove myself from that and I remember the story and at its forefront what it is and so I think that that's what gets me through it truly oh,
2: absolutely it's so important and it's so I wanna say exciting because it's not it's not necessarily a it's like a it's a double edged sword, it's a good thing mm. and it's also a really awful thing to yeah. see so many more of these stories come to light because we get to see and experience these stories. But then you're also like, Ah, oh, what why? It is twenty twenty three. How?
3: Yeah. Why
2: can we not? But it's great that so many different people get to see and hear yes. and hopefully walk away with a bit more understanding of, you know, someone who doesn't look like us, someone that wasn't brought up the same way as us, someone that wasn't necessarily born in Australia, or even if they were born in Australia, you know, there are so many people from so many different walks of life and so many different backgrounds that we don't get to hear or understand their stories. And I guess that in mind, obviously, you're also, I feel like it's important to say, one of the headlining shows for Sydney Fringe, just... Yes. <laughs> <Very important> putting <laughs> Put it, just putting it out there. Um, but what do yeah. you hope audiences... How do you hope they walk away after seeing Blacklisted? And what do you want them to, I like, suppose, get from seeing the show?
3: Yeah. Um, very, very fun question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want them... I want them to walk away being open-minded and receptive and i guess i want them to engage in the conversation you know people Mm. will people will sit in the audience uncomfortably and that is the nature of the show Mm. and i want them to challenge the system that's what i want i want them to be able to say hey this is happening and acknowledge that it is happening and it is it is tricky because there are so many people that came up to me after the show last year and tell me hey thanks for reminding us in the best way possible um of our privilege and we just we live in this bubble and we don't realize what it means and we are so blessed to have this passport. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I guess those are the conversations we want to have. We want to have those conversations and we want to, it's not so much of an education. It's just, it's just a harsh reality. I guess for myself, I, it's tricky. Cause I don't, I don't want sympathy This is like it's out of my control this is the hand i was dealt and this is the hand i will continue to play right um so i don't i don't want sympathy and i just want understanding
0: and also like even audiences leaving like at the end of the day once they leave the show having those you know in the drive home having that conversation to be like wow i didn't realize this about this and and having those conversations with other people to challenge their own beliefs and almost have those, I don't know, you know, after a show, sometimes you have those little debates with people in the car and you're like, oh, yeah. that's not, you know, you know, those kind of things like that's really good theater 100%. is when you're like, oh, that's challenging my own beliefs. And it's completely changed my viewpoint yeah. and opened my eyes to so much more that I didn't know was happening in the world and I didn't know existed. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're actually going to move into a little bit, I don't know, heavy, 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 we going to strip it away. <laughs> that is. Look, and, <laughs> no, no, it's amazing. It's still
3: very funny, I promise. I promise the show is very yeah. funny and it, yeah. it, it, <laughs> it ends on a very hopeful note. I don't leave the audience yeah. in like a doom and gloom. Um, no, there's a very fun, exciting surprise right at the end, so.
1: I feel like this
2: is gonna be like your was it your recital? I'm trying to remember your recital, I was like oh and we're done and then there was like a big queen number (laughs) yeah yes And I was like, yes. Um, <laughs> Something like
0: that. I'm living.
2: But we'll jump into a bit of a game now. Yay!
0: Yes, we're going to do a rapid fire question round. Woo! So we've got just a couple of rapid fire questions for you. Great. Uh, to kind of get to know you and also for the audiences to get to know you too. Great. So I guess number one, mm. what is your favorite instrument? That I play or just ever? <laughs> I'm thinking to
3: play and to ever you can give us both okay well i'm better at the piano than i am in the guitar so i'm gonna say piano um because those are the only two instruments i can play <laughs> um and ever oh the cello
0: oh Cello's are sexy aren't mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. i always like listen to a good cello moment and i'm like whoa that's hot <laughs> or like a tenor sax Mm. oh the sex
2: anybody else watch
0: Wednesday and just be like yes I did that scene in Wednesday I was like Mm. yes
2: yes." I was like I've been wanting to pick up an instrument because I feel like in modern day theatre there are so many shows where it's like actors that can sing and play instruments and I was like Mm. what am I gonna do my options were cello or I can't think of the word now accordion and everyone was like why and I was like they look like fun (laughs) That's what I'm going with. <laughs> Everyone's like, you know, they're really difficult. And I'm like, yeah, well,
3: yeah,
2: <laughs> that's and my I, choice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next question is your go-to karaoke song.
3: Somebody to love Queen.
2: Mm. Oh,
3: that's really good. As you can tell I've done that so many times because I was very quick to jump onto that one.
2: <laughs> but I love that. I love that. You just, you know, it's my,
0: it's my go-to. <laughs> I love it. Oh, this is gonna be a hard one, but what's your favorite I'm just curious. Mm. What's your favorite musical besides your own? Okay, one. My musical is not my favorite. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Bold of you to assume. <laughs> um, Favourite <laughs> musical? Um, I'm gonna say Hades Town.
2: Oh,
0: that's so
3: great. So Such bad. a good
2: musical. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I love that they all just, just kind of like, hmm. <laughs> oh. yeah. yes. It's just so, and I want it to come to Australia, and I know that it won't, because I know mm. there's not an audience for it here. The yeah. theatre kids will love it. Yeah. General audience won't. Probably not. Um, it's
0: just... In, in the same vein then, what is your favourite musical that you've seen recently?
3: Oh, musical? Not... Not play yeah
0: I reckon what it could I... be both mm. but I'm interested I put you on the spot
3: <laughs> you really have and it... <laughs> um, look I'm going to see murder for two on Thursday <laughs> oh yeah oh it looks really fun it does look really fun um but I'm going to say lucky country
0: oh, oh. great choice yeah how good was it It was was very, very
2: good. good.
3: Very, very good.
2: I had so many thoughts that I wrote down after because I was just like...
3: Mm. But in saying that, commercial music theatre, Beauty and the Beast is a gorgeous show.
2: It's a beautiful show. Beauty and the Beast was really, really wonderful. And it felt like such a fun classic to see that didn't feel... Like, I've seen some shows in recent years that are, like, you know, classic music theatre, you know. Mm. Um, and they felt like that. They felt yeah. dated. Yeah. Um, this felt fresh and exciting, but it still had that, you know, Broadway, great wide way yes. feel Nostalgic. to yes. it.
3: <clears throat> yes. Not, not very fun for my epileptic brain, but... Here we are.
2: Oh, no. Oh, no. no.
3: <laughs> Very flashy. <laughs> no. Very flashy. I was going to mm. say, I
2: assume you haven't seen Great Comet then.
3: I did. I did go see Great Comet. Um, I was told where the flashes were, so I was just looking down. Oh, good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was so curious. With epilepsy, how does it go watching shows or being in a show with all the lights and everything? Tricky. Um, I think, and I,
3: I often give theater companies feedback for this just have a sheet just have a running sheet of where your flashes are and just give them to people who are light and sound sensitive um and then Anne juliet did it i went to see Anne juliet very very flashy show as well
2: oh amazing
3: but um yeah they had all of the time signatures and all of the time stamps and where what flashes are where and so I would just either look down or look away or close my eyes or... Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, mm.
2: That is really good. And it's also really good to know that not everyone does it.
3: Yeah. Being in shows is trickier. Mm. Um, luckily, I've been very, very fortunate to have a chat to lighting designers and stuff about where the lights are coming from. They run me through it. They walk me through it. Um... They let me sit out before I actually step on stage. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. It's
2: good that people uh, understand.
3: Yeah, I. Although I haven't been in a, in a commercial musical theater setting to have that chat yet, um. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I I don't know how Moulin Rouge would react to that.
0: They'd be like, okay, you can sit this one out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like oh, that's what would happen. It would be really interesting to see what it's like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm
3: I'm interested to see what a conversation like that looks like. Yeah, yeah. Haven't had to face
0: it yet. Yeah, I'm just wondering if there is anyone who has epilepsy that's like in um any major shows. Mm.
3: Hmm. I'm gonna
0: keep asking around. That's interesting.
3: Or or even just light sensitivity.
2: Yeah, just in general. Because
3: it's yeah, it's not just
2: epilepsy. Because I'm trying to think as 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 a as. An autistic, as someone with the tism that <laughs> shows often, probably n- to nowhere near the same extent, but shows often. I'm just like, ah, oh, <laughs> yeah, there's so much happening.
3: Yeah, people with brain injuries and people with light sensitivity, it is tricky because everyone's different, so it's not a cookie mm. cutter. Here's the thing,
2: no, mm. it's as if the whole world is not cookie cutter. And uh, the industry shouldn't be treated that way either. No. funnily enough. No, it should not.
1: Mm. <laughs>
2: but that's
3: a longer <laughs> chat.
2: Anyway, <laughs> moving along. <laughs> the final question for the rapid fire questions. Yes.
0: Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I know. I'm like, we'll go on tangents for days <laughs> and I love it. I actually
2: wanted to talk to you about that. So that's great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, you're... TV show recommendation. I don't watch a lot of TV. Um.
0: <laughs> but No way. I don't I don't <laughs> have time. <But. laughs> just... enough. Fair enough actually. <laughs> I don't have time, so anytime I'm just I'll just have like one thing going, you know? Yeah. Um I'll be
3: basic and say stranger things. I can't wait for the final season to come out. Oh, mm-hmm. Good choice. I
2: don't like talking about the fact that it's the final, the final season. season. <laughs> yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> Last season made me <sighs> sad. Mm, it really did. Season four was action-packed. Yeah. It was very emotional. It was. And I watched it whilst I was on vacation. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Mm. No.
3: It's fine. I was by the beach, so I just went and, like...
2: You were like, wow, dark, dreary America. Now to the beach. The beach.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and to... Immerse myself in water. Yes, <laughs>
0: yeah. I love it. Uh, I guess also being a top tier performer, you're also a composer. How would you describe your composing style, and what vibe can we expect from your show? Oh, top tier performer,
3: casting directors, have you? Did you hear that? <laughs> Please cast <Carl Ray. laughs> me. <laughs>
0: stage sure podcast almitra is a top tier performer also composer extraordinaire <laughs> oh bless um
3: yeah look my when i when i actually came to aim right i'm not i'm not a music theater nerd okay i'm not i'm gonna say this out loud out proud i come from a very contemporary background i grew up listening to Queen and the Eagles and, you know, Kenny Rogers and Lionel Richie and Dolly Parton, you know? Um So I came, I grew up learning, like, I grew up with contemporary music. And so, and obviously Eastern classical, I was immersed in that world. So a lot of my influences come from that. Um, so Blacklisted, it's it's very genre bleeding so there's <clears throat> there's blues there's a bit of rock there's music theater there's Ooh. there's a beautiful ballad in there um there's two songs in language um which is urdu which is like the national language of pakistan um and yeah there's there's a rap in there <laughs> yes <laughs> it yeah your
2: face. <laughs> I saw you I do like, it at I Tough know. Titties. And I don't know if that it's that the one same though. one or not, but. It's
3: not. It's not the same <laughs> one.
2: I'm still excited.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a different one, but yeah, it's very, very. It's very fun. It's called Immigrants, so. Oh. Come see it. <laughs> mm. I love it. Packs a Punch.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm so excited, and I guess in the similar vein, So, obviously, we've noticed that you have, and I'm going to attempt to say a tabla?
3: Tabla, yep.
2: And a sitar as part of your band. Can you give us a bit more information on these instruments and your choice behind using them for your show? Yeah, absolutely.
3: So, because my show sits in that world, right? It sits in between that East and Western fusion because I want to incorporate my identity and my culture into the Western fusion. Um, it was very, very important for me that those two instruments, if not the tabla, at least the sitar yeah. is there. It's a visual treat to have that mm. instrument on stage, but just the sound it makes it is not you cannot replicate that. You just can't. You can't replicate that sound and you cannot track that sound. People are like, oh, you can find a guitar pedal that makes a sitar sound. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't do Alive it. Live is so much better. It's just it's it's a very, very succinct, unique sound. That that instrument. Mm. Right? and so i really fought i fought for that instrument i'm like nope i will not compromise that instrument will be on stage with me and fun fact fun fact about the sitar it um it can't change keys within a song
0: oh cuz you have to physically change it is that right
3: yeah. it has to be tuned to a certain key so all my key changes Null and void with that instrument. <laughs> um, so, oh no! Yeah, no. Did you have to rewrite? No. Would they just? Um, in our musical development, we decided of the part of the song that they do come in on, and so it's either the end of the song, or you know, there's bits and pieces that you drop in and out of.
0: That's so interesting. So they have to retune between each song, or? yep yep oh my god wow yeah so yeah (laughs) it's always fun they're busy yeah they're like "Mm, okay chaotic (laughs)
3: um in my in my other production so this is a it's a reimagined production of blacklisted um in this version i didn't have the tabla before um and i do have one now uh, and the tabla is also going to do my MDing stuff because we have um, tracked the piano and cello for some of them. <laughs> budget. Um, <laughs> yeah, budget. Yes. Budget. Um, it all came down to budget. Yes. Um, and trying to make this show tourable. Those are the two instruments that when you come see the show, they they will feel like home. And that's what I want it's it's a homely homely environment and it's a very intimate space right it's basically having a chat in my living room is what the vibe is and what the ambience is and so I wanted to recreate that with those two instruments and I talk about I talk about what my music means to me when I'm at home and how it's just you know sitting on a rooftop with with cushions and a guitar and that's that's the vibe. love that. When you come to Blacklisted, yeah, where we have floor seating, we have rug seating, and you oh. are basically on stage with me.
0: Yes. Oh, I love this. Yeah.
3: And you may or may not be receiving some goodies.
0: There's goodie bags? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. No, not
2: quite. No. <laughs> Not quite the vibe. You're like, no, no, cut that out. That's not what I meant. Please. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Stop. Yeah. Well, I guess to kind of, in a way, close mm. out the formal part of the interview for today, in three words, tell our listeners why they should come and see blacklisted. I'm going to say belonging, identity, And
0: home oh that's beautiful oh yeah this has been so fantastic chatting to you i'm i'm really devastated that i'm in brisbane right now and i cannot see this show but tori will be going which is super super exciting i will be getting my notes (laughs) yes (laughs) like the lucky country i get all my little (laughs) notes (laughs) lovely
3: i'm saying if you're if you're closer to adelaide come there
0: are you? I don't know. I don't... Oh, I'm nowhere near Adelaide. <laughs> I'm in Bris. I'm in Brizzy right in Brizzy. now. Okay. Well, Melbourne, yeah. Melbourne or Melbourne. I'm moving to Melbourne in November. Oh, cool. Melbourne cool. next year. Fantastic. Melbourne 2024. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> Great. Love it. We're putting it out there. Yes, we are. <laughs> Melbourne 2024. Yes, we are. Melbourne 2024. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Well, I guess before we go, yeah. we have a little thing on our podcast called A Bedtime Story, yes. which is some sort of stage mishap or anything that has gone wrong for you in a show. can you share with us your <laughs> stage mishaps? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, um,
3: it, it actually happened in the last run of Blacklisted. Um, I do a gag where I sing this very beautiful, like, belty last note and then I drink my cup of tea um and whilst drinking that cup of tea I choked on it and (gasps) and, yeah and fully choked on it and like was having a coughing fit and the audience was having a lovely laugh because they thought it was part of the show it really wasn't (laughs) um but yeah oh my god And whilst coughing, my mic pack fell off. So, yeah. (gasps) Oh, no! (laughs) A double whammy. Double whammy. And so then I just kind of went to my MD and I was like, Tim, put it back on, (coughs)
2: please. (laughs) (laughs) Help Help me.
0: (laughs) I can relate so much. I recently did a show and I was about to go on and I had a bit of like, I was like, you know, I'll take a little sip of the drink. Like, I'm literally moments from going on. Take a sip of the drink absolutely start coughing and crying and like I'm going on there's no piano behind me it's a cappella and I'm like crying and I'm about to sing and I'm like uh, uh, and I was looking to that luckily the cover the cover that for that song was next and she was about to open the curtain for me to go out and I was like you might need to go back out I can't do this <laughs> so I I relate hardcore to that because it is the worst when yeah. you're having a coughing fit and you have to sing it's literally the worst. the worst truly the worst do not drink before you sing
3: <laughs> nope but it's just an hour of me singing so i really need to hydrate during the show yeah one hour that was an unfortunate time then yeah it really was i mean the audience had a good good laugh so i'm like okay yeah cool
2: they were just yeah. like wow really method acting really committing mm, to the bit really committing. like <laughs> <laughs> someone please i'm actually dying this is part of the show, yes.
0: That's always my favourite thing. <laughs> I survived. That's too good.
2: Well, before we go for today, and thank you so much for sharing your bedtime story and for taking the time to come and chat to us tonight. Obviously, we're here to talk about Blacklisted. So please, plug Blacklisted. Tell us the dates. Where can we find tickets? Where, what's the venue? What's? Give us all the details.
3: Lovely. So Blacklisted is playing at the Pact. Theatre um in Erskineville fifth to the 9th of September, show times vary. Um, there are rotating rosters, so show times do vary. There's two shows at nine, two shows at seven thirty, and there's one Saturday show on this at six pm. Tickets are on the Sydney Fringe website. Just type blacklisted and.
0: Um, you should be able to book tickets. That is fantastic. Oh, and you guys better get tickets because this is going to pop off. Run, <laughs> run, get tickets. Also, please buy tickets <laughs> so my producer
2: brain is
3: not stressing at the last minute. <laughs> <night. laughs> please and thank you. Please and
0: thank you. Um, but yes, we... Almitra needs to eat food. Yes, yes, I do.
3: Uh, <laughs> but I guess, I guess my message to the people who are coming is is i just hope that you find something in the show to relate to you know it can be it can be identity it can be love family career you know there's so much there's so much in it (laughs) yeah
2: come have have chai with me absolutely we cannot wait to see Black Lizard and to see where it will go after Sydney Fringe. But thank you so much again, Mitra, for coming on and having a chat to us today. It has been absolutely wonderful. Thanks,
3: Tori. Thanks, Liza. Thank you for having me. Um, it's, it's really nice to share this story and to find people who are willing to engage in this conversation. So thank you. Thank you
0: anytime anytime oh my gosh have so much time in the world for you almitra
2: thank you everyone so so much for being here and until next time stay happy healthy and safe and we will see you then Bye. bye